Hola, compañeros. It's time for the Spaghetti Westerns podcast with your hosts, Senor J. Jennings e Tom Betts. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Spaghetti Westerns podcast. I am your host, Jay Jennings. We leads us to today's show, and that uh, falls upon an actor who our co-host refers to as the Randolph Scott of uh, Spaghetti Westerns. And Tom, why, why do you say that? Well, he saved his money when he was in Italy, came back to the States, and he was pretty well off. I also liken, liken him to George Montgomery because... In most of his films, he never smiles. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> he says, and I know why now, because he said that he made, he made Westerns because that's what they were making. It wasn't like his choice. If he wanted to act, those were the films that were available for him. Right. So we are talking about Richard Harrison, uh, who's made uh, quite a few spaghetti Westerns, even from the earliest spaghetti westerns from 1963 and even up to 1972 one of the later ones as well he also was involved in two spaghetti westerns that were never made which i always find fascinating as well uh so you know as every show we do a bio well, on and, yeah, and yes, what tom. he turned down remember oh and one, what he turned down one one that he turned down well, tom will tell us this, about that famous story yeah. i heard tom you turned it down too <laughs> they I asked Tom Betts, right. Everybody that was alive in those days turned it down. Yeah. Right. But um, I would imagine you as Manko, Tom, which I do anyway. Sure. But uh, so what we'll have is we'll do our bio and then we'll do our one by one chronological film review by showing posters from the films and occasional still from, from it as well. And, uh, and then we'll have our segments, which we've all brought back. We have Book of the Week. And we have Autograph of the Week. And, uh, of course, we have Tom's Poster Addict. Attic. And, uh, right. Or an addict. Tom is both. Addict, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we will have, of course, Tom's worldwide famous weekly news. What's going on in the world of Blu-rays, obits, and birthdays. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about his background, Tom. So tell us about uh, Mr. Richard Harrison. Okay, Richard Harrison Jr. was born on May 26, 1935 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Harrison relocated to Los Angeles and worked as a fitness trainer and, and a physique model before moving in, on to bit parts in television and films like South Pacific and Kronos. He married actress Loretta Nicholson 19, six, in 1961, daughter of American International Pictures chief James Nicholson and was on the verge of becoming an AIP stock player when he received an offer from Italian producer Italo Zingarelli to come to Europe and star in The Invincible Gladiator, one of many peplum or sword and sandal films made after the success of Steve Reeves' Hercules in 1958. Harrison toned his build, male model, look, good looks, and physical prowess helped make the film into a success. He would go on to star in several more films in the genre before making the transition to Italian westerns and spy pictures in the mid-60s. He didn't actually care for these films, but as he said, that's what they were making. Although little known in the United States at that time, Harrison quickly became a star action actor in the rest of the world and remained a leading man well into the late 1970s, making nearly 20 westerns. Under the name of James London, Harrison also wrote and directed Two Brothers in Trinity, uh, 1972, a broad Western comedy co-starring Donald O'Brien. 
He also wrote the story for the 1987 Spaghetti Western Scalps. As the 1970s drew to a close, Harrison made films in Yugoslavia, Turkey, and later the Philippines and Hong Kong, where he appeared in two films for the Shaw Brothers. While in Hong Kong, he was introduced to Godfrey Ho, who directed him in Inferno Thunderbolt, a low-budget martial arts film which was incorporated into at least nine other films, each touting Harrison as the star without his knowledge. Harrison returned to the United States in the early 1990s, a wealthy man from his adventures in Europe and his knowledgeable investments. Aside from a few appearances for Fred Olin Ray and a pair of bids for mayor of Palm Springs, he is content to enjoy his life in well-deserved anonymity. That's where we stand with him today. Wow. Thank you, Tom, for that. You want to mention that he married, who he married? Uh, yes, he married what, what we know as Daria Norman. That was her acting name in Spaghetti Western. She actually was in the, the Spirit of Santo or the Holy Ghost series in all three movies. Her real name is Maria Francesca Pomentali, whom she, he married in 1978. And Richard also has three sons and a daughter. One of the sons is Sebastian Harrison, who starred in White Apache. Not White Comanche, White Apache. Right. Okay. Actually, uh, I, I, just, uh, I just noticed something. I did, uh, I did show uh, by accident. Um, Tom, thank you for not mentioning it. Uh, uh, Guy Madison was Reverend Colt. <laughs> But Richard was in the movies, so. right? I, yeah. So uh, whatever. I'm showing posters. So by any, <laughs> so it happens. And when you're up till three a.m. putting the show together, uh, a little slip up. But anyway, he now lives in retirement in Palm Springs, Tom. Or yep, no, or, or no, he's in Malibu, Tom. He, he owns two homes. One's in Palm Springs, and one's in Malibu. Right, because he invited us to his Malibu home. Right. Uh, right when COVID started, and we had to take a pass. Mm-hmm. But we hope one of these days to have Richard. Richard's in our list, our short list, as is Gianni Garco and uh, Vasily Karas and um, Simonetta Blondell and uh, Franco Nero, Claudia Carnale, Clint Eastwood. They're all in our short <laughs> list, Tom. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, so let's talk about the films. Uh, Richard Harrison. He is in one of the first earliest uh, spaghetti westerns of all time, Gunfight at High Noon. And uh, it's actually not a, not a bad film at all. And I guess I'll uh, give a little, uh, I guess, uh, info on what that was about. Uh, is also known as uh, Born to Kill and The Three Ruthless Ones. It's a 63 Spanish-Italian co-production. Uh, Richard Harrison is in it. And uh, Billy Hyden and our friend Robert Hundar, Evelyn Merrill, Fernando Sancho, of course, the beautiful Gloria Milan, Jose uh, Riesgo, and uh, Jose Manuel Martin. And uh, in go, the story is in 1875, Gloria Milan, playing Louise Walker, lives with her husband, James, and their children at a small ranch in a location near the Mexican border. When one day Louise is alone with the youngsters, Four outlaw fugitives from justice show up at the ranch. They try to steal some horses and try to molest Louise. During the fighting and struggle to defend her honor comes her husband who kills one of the intruders. And after a shootout, James dies and two of the outlaws flee, leaving the other. 
Ever since that day, Louise thinks only of revenge and to get even someday. And to this end, she and her children a hatred for the outlaws and hopes they will carry out her desire for hatred and revenge. Jeff Walker, played by Harrison, turns to the law and becomes a marshal, while his brothers, played by Robert Hundar and Billy Hyden, decide to carry out their own brand of justice. In the end, Louise will pay a terrible price for her agenda. I actually like this film, Tom. It's not bad. Yeah, I do too. It's a little bit different, and the photography is, is very well done especially the transition from children to adults. They did that very well. It's just not all of a sudden you see these guys walking around as adults and you kind of try and figure out which one's which. They uh, do a really good job about that. And it was directed by Joaquin Romero Marchant, who was one of the best of the Spanish directors. And a good theme by Riz Ortolani. Right. Now, even though I'd say Robert Hundar, I think, steals the show, anything Robert Hundar in with that big, long face of his... Uh, steals the show. Uh, Harrison is his usually relaxed self. He's he's like the Bob Hope of uh, Spaghetti Westerns, Tom. <laughs> yep. Very relaxed. And um, Gloria Milan uh, usually plays the love interest because she's she's a pretty nice-looking uh, Italian actress. What's her real name, Tom? Uh, do I have it on there? Gloria Milan is Gloria Osuna. Right. I'm, anyway, she she plays a motherly role, which is okay. I'd rather see her as a sexy barmaid. I'm but... sorry. Her real name is Maria Fai. Oh, okay. Fai. But she shows hate and revenge and sadness. Pretty good range in this film. Uh, so I, I actually in, in, enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, what's, what's amazing, Jay, she's only about five years older than Hundar and Harrison. She plays, <laughs> yeah, plays, plays, her, plays her mother, you know. Right. Well, little gray streaks always take care yeah, of that. Yeah, right. Yep, but she was like, she went from like, you know, the sex object in a couple of them to the mother role. Once she went to the mother role, she never went back. They kept right. playing her as the older older woman. Well, good thing my ex-wife, uh, uh, Deanna Loris, never did that, Tom. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we've said this before, because a lot of these films we've reviewed in the past during our plethora of shows. Yeah, we, we did this with Richard, I mean, Robert Hundar and also Fernando Sancho. So. Right. So that's the good thing about all these shows. They're mentioned in different, Tom and I review them in different ways. So you can kind of, if you go back and watch these, take it all in and see what we thought about them. So anyway, from Gunfight uh, at the Rio Grande, or at High Noon, there's Gunfight at the Rio Grande too, but it's not part of this mm -hmm. one. Gunfight at Red Sands, also known as Duel in Texas and Gringo, which I think is its also known title. Another 63 Italian Spanish co-production. Uh, this one was directed by uh, Ricardo Laguna and uh, stars Richard Harrison and uh, G.R. Stewart, or actually known as Giacomo Rossi Stewart, who is a, in a lot of these spaghetti westerns. Our good friend Dan Martin from the Winnetou movies, Sarah Lezena, Alfonso Rojas, and of course, it's Aldo Sambrell. Is that his first film, Tom? Uh, I think he may have been in, I think the first one was where you already covered it. Oh, okay. The, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't. Maybe he had a. Maybe he was just a bit role. Anyway, this the story is in Carterville, a small town in the U.S. bordering on Mexico. What's what town doesn't border on Mexico, Tom? Always. Uh, there's a family of Mexicans made up of uh, Don Diego, played by Rojas, the father and his children, Dan Martin and Lisa. Also living with them is Richard Harrison, Ricardo a young American orphan adopted by Diego, who they've named Gringo. I'm, I'm sure that would go well over these days. One night, three masked figures attack the farm, killing Diego. 
and looting it with bags of gold that he has collected over the years of hard work. Gringo now seeks uh, revenge. Uh, uh, yeah, of uh, yeah, no, he discovers the true. He uh, where am I? Okay, uh, he he seeks to discover the true identity of the criminals who have terrorized the entire area for years. They turn to the sheriff. Uh, Giancomo, the owner of the saloon, and a Mexican horse trader named Guardo, played by Aldo Sembrell. Stedman, filled with remorse, flees but is killed accidentally by the sheriff. Only Gringo stands against the gang and succeeds with his cunning and courage to rid them from the country. Uh, Tom, uh, good, another good movie for its time, early spaghetti western. Good yep. theme song, good direction. I think the most memorable scene in this movie is the beginning over the credits, they, uh, Harrison and his sister ride into town in a buckboard, like 90 miles an hour. And you know, the, while the theme song da 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 plays in the background, you know, once you see it, you never forget that. Right. And and it looks like they're really on the wagon, not stunt people. I mean, it's unbelievable that they would take those chances. Right. And it's this is also uh, Morricone's first uh, score, first Western score, Tom. Yep. Yep, this is what uh, Sergio heard and decided to hire him for fistful of dollars. Right, and it's so funny because it looks it tried to it has like little touches of of an American western, Tom, because it's so early. It's kind of bordering. It's a spaghetti western. It looks like a little bit like an American western. You don't you don't kind of know yet. <laughs> right, and um, Harrison actually puts more effort into this film, Tom, than usual. Yeah, he looks like he really enjoyed at least making this one and uh, put some enthusiasm into it. Right, and of course, Giacomo Rossi Stewart, with his good looks, plays the villainous sheriff, and uh, Michaela, the saloon singer, stand out. So for the first, I said this is in the first run of Spaghetti Westerns. These are not bad. You, maybe you'd be disappointed if you look back, but if you find these two, go ahead and watch them. They're actually worth it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, moving to 1965 was a film that actually is very, very good. It's $100,000 uh, for Ringo and a uh, great poster, of course. It's another 65 uh, Italian-Spanish co-production. This one was directed by Al Albert Diamartino, who's still with us, Tom. Yep, as He's far as about, I know. He's about 90, 92, 93. Must be in his 90s, yeah. Yeah, I actually spoke to him. He said he would love <laughs> to do the show if we got an interpreter, Tom. Put him on the short list. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Ringo, played by Richard Harrison, is a skilled gunman. He arrives at Rainbow Valley, where a gang led by Gerard Tichy dominates the area. Uh, seven years ago, Charlie, uh, who Chichi plays, killed a woman, then blamed the murder on an Indian tribe. Charlie has made a deal to supply 2,000 rifles for a fee of $100,000. And uh, to a Mexican general, played by Thomas Torres, with the intention of seizing the money without delivering the goods. Ringo turns out to be the husband of the woman who was killed a few years before, and the child of the father who was raised by the Indians as one of their own. Uh, after many dangerous adventures, uh, Ringo... Uh, eliminates the entire gang of Chali and is greeted with gratitude by the Indians who, who helped him, along with the child, which is revealed that he is his real father. Uh, well, Tom was going to tell us, I don't know if you mentioned, Tom, what's the, the, what ties into this? What's the famous story about well, Richard this, Harrison that actually puts him on the map? 
he was offered the leading role in Fistful of Dollars, and at the same time, he was also offered the lead in this one. And he's read the script and decided he'd rather take a chance with uh, something that was known, which was $100,000 for Ringo, and turn down the man with no name roles. So, uh, you live and you learn, know, Tom. Well, yeah. I mean, he did all right for himself one way or the other, but I mean, he could have been a superstar. But he did all right with this movie. It was one of the best uh, sellers that year. Oh, it's a great, no, it's a great movie. No, no, I actually enjoy it quite a bit. The only problem is, of course, it doesn't compare uh, to The Man With No Name. Yeah. Well, you know, the same story goes. It happens in everything. Stars that turn down roles. Uh, as you know, Bela Lugosi played Dracula on mm -hmm. stage, did thousands of performances. He made the movie. And then Universal says, well, we want to put you in Frankenstein. And he goes, I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I read the script. There's no lines. And of course, Bell, Boris Karloff is sitting in the commissary and Jack Pierce, the universal makeup man, says, what a face. Uh, and then <laughs> an unknown is taken, just like Clint Eastwood, relatively unknown and made a star. It happens everywhere, Tom, people who turn down roles. But I don't think this Harrison really doesn't mention. I mean, I think his ego won't allow him to regret it. Right, Tom? Well, yeah, he in fact, he's one of the guys that says he recommended Clint Eastwood to Leone. Now, you know, how much that's true or not, I just, it may be, you know, avoiding sour grapes, but uh, that's what that's what he says. Right. And then, of course, uh, our good friend Fernando Sancho steals the show in yet another movie, Tom. Always. When, if you see Fernando in a lineup, you know, forget it. Right. Plenty of fist fights and gunplay, Tom, just like we like it. Yep. Again, uh, this one borders the American and Italian Western the way they they're made it. So there's plenty of fistfights and barroom scenes. Right. Um, some though, although some critics didn't really enjoy it, Tom, because they were expecting Gemma, uh, kind of a Gemma film. Yeah, because the, the the use of the word Ringo, you know, what do you think? You think of Juliana Gemma since he was in the two Ringo films. So they figured this was going to be modeled after the Ringo films. And even though the song Ringo is in the song, he's never called Ringo no, in he, the movie. He's never called. Like, like, the, like the many Django films, uh, you never see a character in the film called Django. There's no Ringo in this one. Right. <laughs> Just another film, thanks to foreign dubbing and distribution, that does not mention who the star is or the name of the movie. Trying to cash in on the fame of Ringo. Right. Well, anyway, our next film is another good one. You ha Richard Harrison is in a lot of good spaghetti westerns, actually. Mm -hmm. And he's, he actually stars in a lot of good ones, too. Uh, this one is El Rojo, or Rojo. Django, Prepare Your Verdict. I love that, that title. Uh, it's a 66 Italian Spanish co-production directed by Leopoldo Savona. Name me another Savona film, Tom. <laughs> Not off the top of my head. Right. Anyway, the song To the West is sung by Nieves Navarro, Tom. Mm. And uh, besides Harrison, Piero Luli is in it, and uh, Andrea Aureli, Nieves Navarro, as I said, uh, Rita Klein, Dom uh, Domenico Orobano, and Mirko Korsinski. And, uh, oh, of course, Antonio Jimenez Escribano. We can't not of mention him. Uh, the story is, let's see if I can find the poster, the right poster, uh, the Sorensen family is massacred, apparently by a lone Indian, on the site of the killing, a town uh, 
Gold Hill grows up, run by a group of businessmen. Years later, El Rojo, played by Harrison, uh, alias the surviving Sorison, arrives, searching for the truth about the massacre and seeking revenge. In Gold Hill, four men, Lasky, Navarro, Wallace, and Ortega, are being honored by the town. They own the mine there, and they own the bank, and they own the saloon. And the same Indian that we saw at the beginning of the film shoots an arrow at them, with a note threatening their lives. That darn note, you know, that lands, <laughs> boing, 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 with a, oh, look, a note with an arrow. Yep, he won't uh, give Harrison up. becomes interested in the four when a settler is killed after accusing the four of being land grabbers. Aided by an old man named Sorensen who, in, who invents some strange and unique weapons, uh, El Rojo confronts each man through a number of disguises and tricks. He's basically a one-man James West, Tom. Mm -hmm. He's James West and Artemis Gordon. Uh, he calls them by name and takes out his revenge, but things become a, a bit complicated when El Rojo's old girlfriend is found to have married Lasky. So another old tale of plot of revenge, Tom. Yep, well, we've got you know a lot of unique trick weapons, uh, disguises, things like that to make it unique. Right, and it's another film that's very strange, Tom, in that he's never really called El Rojo, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, Ro Rojo means red in Spanish, but he's never called El Rojo. You would think blood, uh, <laughs> the sun, the devil. Mm -hmm. It's never explained why he's called that. So that's a running theme in many spaghetti westerns. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's a mysterious masked character who's scarred uh, in his face. He's covered with a mask, and he drifts in and out of the film. You sure that wasn't Craig Hill, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I think it was Robert Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and he's called Black Bart. And Black he faces Bart. Harrison in a final duel. And uh, they make a nice pair. Tom wants to call the red and the black, Tom. <laughs> nice sequel, Tom. Yeah, really. But it's, once again, not a bad film. Richard Harrison, during these, uh, I guess, the early to mid-60s, really made a lot of good films. So let's move on to the next one, which uh, I always say is called Between God, Tom Betts, and a Winchester, uh, also known as God Was Once in the West, and uh, even in the West, there was a god once upon a time. Another 1968 Italian-Spanish co-production. Uh, this one was directed by Marino uh, Girolami. And uh, Gilbert Rowland is the star, Tom. Yeah, and yeah. Richard Harrison. And uh, Ennio Giromali, as I, uh, he's always in almost everything. F uh, Folo Luli, Folco Luli, Ralph, uh, Rafaela Baldessare. Dominique Bochero, Humberto Sempre, and Roberto es Escudero. And let's not forget Rocco Lero, Tom. Of course. Right. So anyway, let's see if I could find the poster for this. I did. Uh, this is based on a Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, although you'd never know it, Tom. Uh, Harrison. Uh, yes and, yeah. yes what, and, Tom? Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, if, if you know it's based on Treasure Island, you can see where they come where the characters come from and stuff like that. But if you don't know, you'd never say, oh, that must be Treasure Island I'm watching. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. You'd have to know. Um, Harrison sort of gets lost in this cast, Tom, and also Gilbert Rowland. This is his film, steals the show. Uh, and he has an iron hand instead of Long John Silver's hook. Yep. Right. Uh, and Harrison's character is an ex-gunman. And... Uh, who turns the who, who turns priest who's sworn a vow of nonviolence, and uh, in one scene he shows his prowess, which he'll be which he thinks will throw him to 
break his vows, but that never happens. And how's that camera work, Tom? Very good camera work on this one. You, it's uh, a lot of it is all outdoors, so it's uh, very very well done. And Carlos Savini's score. Yep, memorable. Adds to the film. And I actually feel sorry for that donkey, Tom, I, that fell off the cliff. I've asked Sebastian to ask Richard if that is a real donkey. I swear it is. It doesn't look like it's a, you know, a stuffed animal falling off of that cliff. And you know the way the Italians trip. Let's throw a real donkey. Else. Yeah. I mean, it probably happened. It probably with filming. It happened by accident, but they just said, leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Unfortunately for the donkey. But anyway, let's move on to our next Richard Harrison film, uh, which is actually one of my favorites. It's got one of my favorite posters, one of my favorite Richard Harrison films, not overall Spaghetti Western. Uh, it's One After Another, also known as The Day After Tomorrow. Another great alternate title is Coffins for Nine. Mm. And then, of course, uh, Adios Caballero and From Django with Best Regards, <laughs> which is another good one. Richard Harrison's in it, Pamela Tudor. Uh, Paolo Goslino and of course Jose uh, Zafuli. Let's see if I can find this one. Yep. No, that's not it. That, that is it, Tom. And uh, the story is pretty simple. Uh, Harrison comes to Canyon City to avenge uh, his brother's death. Another is that the same Canyon City from uh, Canyon yeah. City Massacre, Tom? Probably. <laughs> anyway, he's been killed by the banker, Jefferson, during a botched holdup. So there's not much of a plot. It just pretty much goes on and on. But Tom, you seem to, uh, this is, I mean, I like it because it's, well, actually, the cinematography is really good, but you like Harrison's character. Yeah, there's a little trick in this one. When I first I saw it, I saw that started to laugh, and I said, "That's really clever." Uh, in this film, Richard Harrison wears glasses, which really changes his appearance. He looks like a oh, he's uh, very know, nerdy. Yeah, he looks very nerdy, but he's excellent with a firearm. And when he breaks his glasses, he opens up his coat, and there's a whole array of glasses attached to the inside of his coat, just like Mortimer's saddlebag. Uh, or bet better roll when he rolls well, that down. It was a parody of Mortimer. More. Yeah, but it's really clever. It's like, <laughs> uh, so first they start to laugh, and you go, that is really clever. They picks out a pair of glasses, puts them on, and goes back to work, you know. But he starts off playing like a, you think he's a weak link. He gets his oh, butt yeah. kicked in a couple fights, and then yep. he proves that he's actually a marksman. Uh, everybody's manipulating and uh, everybody else, and it's pretty action-packed. It's not one of those bore fests, which is nice. Right. Um, he has a nice scene with Pamela Tudor. Uh, he shows plenty of energy, uh, of course. And Tom, I know you're, you love the psalm, maybe one, maybe nine. Maybe one, maybe nine. I'm, I've got to kill a man. It's one of the most famous <laughs> songs in the spaghetti western genre. It's one of those things where people just start laughing when they hear, hear that. Maybe one, maybe nine. By Fred Bongusta. Right. Yep. <laughs> So after this is another film that we've reviewed in past shows uh, multiple times, but it's actually not bad at all. It's a 67 Italian-West German co-production uh, called Vengeance, also no called um, with, with Django, Death is Certain, and Jaco, or Joko, because mm -hmm. Richard Harrison, and depending on the version you're watching, plays Joko, Rocco, or Django, uh, but I'm not sure Django's even mentioned in the film, Probably but it's not. one of those films, yeah. Uh, Claudio Camasso, one of our mm -hmm. favorites, is in this, Tom. Uh, 
Spiela Rosen, Werner uh, Pochlaco again, uh, Luciano Pigozzi, Paolo Goslino, uh, and Alberto Del Aqua, who's with us, Tom. Yep. He's not here on the show, but he's still with <laughs> yeah. us. Right. How's his English, Tom? Uh, doesn't speak English. That's oh, too bad. No, another one on the short list, Tom. Yeah. Anyway, we know the story. Uh, Rocco, played by Harrison, Mendoza, Claudio Camasso, and Alberto de Aqua, who plays Richie, and let's not forget Domingo, played by Alan Collins, have hatched a plot against some bandits that have taken over a precious cargo of gold, but Domingo betrays his friends and Mendoza disappears in the collapse of an underground mine while trying to cover the escape of the others. Uh, Richie uh, escapes with the gold, but is captured by five outlaws and killed because he refuses to reveal the place where he was to meet with Rocco. Rocco goes on the trail of the killers of Richie, killing four of them, and thus avenging the death of his companion. One of them, though, before he dies, reveals that the fifth man is none other than Mendoza, who actually did not die in the collapse of the underground mine, but was actually their leader, and he created the deception. So Rocco chases Mendoza, who pays for his life for, for this betrayal, while the gold will eventually be recovered by a Pinkerton agent, played by Goslingo. And, of course, we covered this film in the Camasso episode, Tom, and directed by Antonio Margariti. Yep, which means there's a lot of action. It's probably um, one of uh, Harrison's most famous uh, films because uh, there's been a lot of talk about vengeance over the years. It's one of his best performances. And it's almost like a horror film. Once they get inside that cave, uh, it's very dark. They chase each other around in there. And uh, there's quite a few good action scenes in the movie. Yeah, so it's kind of like a horror film. Yep, like a horror film. It's like a cult classic. Yeah, Mario Bava, Antonio Margariti, yeah. Because uh, kind of has a little bit of that touch to it. It's actually one of his best-known uh, films, Vengeance, uh, Harrison. Uh, obviously, because he's opposite uh, Claudio Camasso. His stare, he has a nice stare in this, in this film because he, he you know, shows how he knows his victims. And uh, the film concentrates on each of Harrison's... Uh, on each act of Harrison's vengeance before moving on to the next. Right. So I kind of like that, where, you know, each one, each, each little episode is its own segment of revenge. Mm-hmm. So that's always, that's always good. But yeah, Claudio Camasso is in it. He steals every scene he's in, of course. Yep. So we always... Where's, where's this ridiculous top hat that's sort of like crushed on one side, like Billy the Kid or something, but he's, he's dressed like a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So our next film is actually one of those that falls into the never made category. I love the title, Django Never Pardons, uh, not to be confused with Django Does Not Forgive or Sartana Mm -hmm. Does Not Forgive. It was supposed to have been a 1970 Italian production directed by Roberto Mari. And uh, Mark Damon was supposed to be in it too. Tom, what do you know about its background? That's all I know is that uh, Mark Damon and Richard Harrison were supposed to be in it. And it never, typical, never happened. That had been a good pairing, those two. And uh, yeah, sad to say it never happened. Typical, probably couldn't get funds for it or something like that. That's usually the problem. Right. That's too bad. Like this, like we talked about in, uh, what was it, last week's show, Salminio was going to star in a Spaghetti Western. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so let's move on to another film, which is a cult classic. It's one of my favorites. And it's a Reverendo Colt, 
also known as reverend's cult, like it's a reverend who has a, a cult. But anyway, uh, it's a 1970s Spanish-Italian uh, production directed by Leon Kleminsky, Klimovsky. You say Kleminsky, I say Klimovsky, Tom, <laughs> who directed a lot of uh, horror films, too. And uh, Guy Madison stars, of course, as Reverend Colt, Colt Miller, with Richard Harrison, Ennio Girolami, uh, Maria Vargas, German Kobos, and Ignacio Spala. And uh, let's see if I have the poster. Of course I do. And uh, the story goes, shocked by the random death of a baby in a shootout, a bounty hunter, Colt Miller, decides to change his life and becomes a pastor. I'm surprised more, more films didn't take this theme, Tom. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway, that's why it stands out. That this, we, we talked about this before we did Guy Madison. That we, we both think this is one of Guy's best films. And it's too bad that he didn't carry the character on in his couple more spaghetti westerns. Right. So he becomes a pastor, arrives in Tucson with the purpose of uh, building a church. But his uh, intentions um, collide with the hostility of the citizens who are unwilling to believe the authenticity. Remember, he's, he's still a killer. Yeah, that's right. You can't believe what a word that he says. Um, let's see. Where am I? Yeah, so accused of robbing a bank, Colt is able to prove his innocence during the siege and protects a caravan of pioneers from a gang of thugs, uh, evaporating any mistrust against him with his heroic behavior. Uh, the former gunslinger, uh, which has now become, for all, Reverend Colt, can now open his church and set about directing spirituality in the local community while killing the occasional bad guy, Tom. <laughs> But anyway, we as you said, we discussed this in the Guy Madison uh, episode. It is his best film, and uh, it should have been con uh, continued on in a series of films. Tom, what do you think? Like the return of Reverend Colt. Reverend Colt strikes again. Yep. Reverend Colt look, builds another church. Whatever, but uh, yeah, Harrison <laughs> sort of plays a secondary role in this. Um, he lets the Reverend go after the bad guy while he maintains stability in the town and he basically overacts in this one which is hard to believe but compared to madison <laughs> he he uh, he does he overacts right but they, but they, they became, became very good, good friends, friends right yeah became very good friends uh during the filming of this movie because they were both uh they both liked the outdoors and stuff like that so i remember when uh, i first met richard harrison he talked about uh getting together with guy as soon as he could once he came back to the States here. Oh, okay. So our next film here on the Spaghetti Western podcast, uh, Salute to Richard Harrison, is uh, Stagecoach of the Condemned. Uh, also, uh, one of my favorite titles, I'll Forgive You Before I Kill You, or First They Pardon, Then They Kill. It's another Spanish-Italian uh, co-production directed by Juan Bosch. Richard Harrison, of course, stars as Robert Walton, with the beautiful Erica Blanc, Fernando Sancho's in this, Bruno Corazari, and Gustavo Ray. And the story uh, goes, a dangerous criminal, as I try to find the poster. Um, Anthony Stevens, Bruno Corazari, is in jail, accused of murder. But there's only one witness who can uh, prove his crime. He is expected to arrive in town at any moment, coming by stagecoach. Uh, a friend of the outlaw, the outlaw Ramon, played by Fernando Sancho, 
comes to the rescue by uh, intercepting the coach and kidnapping all passengers and keeping them at the stage station run by a man who calls himself Robert Walton. Uh, in, order to, in order to discover and eliminate the witness, Ramon must determine which of the passengers the right person is. Ramon and his men terrorize their captives, even killing a few. Walton, however, in reality, is Wayne Sonier, a famous gunslinger who supposedly died a few years before, after a duel with Stevens. At first, he is powerless, and he's able to uh, arm himself and kill the gunman and his accomplices. Meanwhile, Stevens, acquitted for a lack of evidence, discovers what has happened to Ramon and decides to avenge him. In the ensuing duel between the two, Sonier... Uh, is definitely better than the two and kills Steven. So a little bit confusing, but still a fun movie, Tom. Yeah, it's sort of uh, not town-bound, but it's they, all the action takes place in the stage stop. And at first you think Harrison's a weakling until you find out that, again, one of these scenarios where he promises his wife that he'll never use a gun again. And so he just lets them take take over the station until he's seen enough brutality and decides he needs to act and it's basically him trying to find a gun so he can uh, do in the bad guys and once he once he gets them done you think okay that's the end of the movie but then Stevens shows up and now he's got to revenge the uh, and Stevens is in shock that Sonia is still alive so now there's a big duel at the very end of right the and of course Fernando Sancho uh, is in this and he's a little subdued more than usual Tom yeah, he's, he's sort of in charge at the station, so he slaps people around, but he's not the funny Fernando that we're used to. Right, and what did, what did Erica Blanc tell you about what happened during the film, Tom? Oh. Remember, it rained buckets. Oh, yeah, yeah, it rained buckets, and uh, because it was on this cheap set, because the budget was so low, they, they were constantly trying to catch water, and it was soaking the floor and water was coming through the ceiling and stuff like that. She said it was miserable for the about a week of, the, of them filming. Oh, okay. So anyway, moving right on to another film that has a great title, uh, Dig Your Grave, Friend, Sabata is Coming, or Sartan is Coming, and once again, Gringo versus Sabata, another Italian-Spanish co-production from 71, and directed by, again, Juan Bosch. And Richard Harrison's in it, Fernando Sancho, Alejandro Ulio, Gustavo Rey, Rafael Baldazare, Luis Indunio, and Tanya Alvarado. And let's see if I can tell you the story. And as I find the poster, is that the poster? That's a video cover, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's a video cover. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, uh, a rich mine owner, played by Ulio, aims to increase his holdings by forcing the neighboring farmers to sell them their land, who tried to uh, refuse his offer. Uh, he's already murdered McGowan, who already refused his offer, but Miller is now in the gun sights of McGowan's son, played by Harrison, who has returned from the Civil War with the bandit Leon Pompero, played by Fernando Sancho. After Steve disposes of Miller's henchmen, Miller hires the famous gunslinger Sabata. Is Sabata's name actually mentioned in this film, Tom? Yeah, it is. Uh -huh. <laughs> With the assignment to hunt down the two. After a series of uh, encounters with two rogues, they capture Helen. 
Miller's intended fiance, Helen falls in love with Steve. Why do they always fall in love with their capture, Tom? <laughs> always, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who decides to help them out? Steve and Leon are captured, but uh, with Helen's help, they escape and dispose of Sabata and Miller in a final showdown. So Sabata loses? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, it's a good lose. buddy film, as you can see here. Good oh, chemistry yeah. between the two. Uh, but according to uh, uh, Ignacio Aquino, he, what he said, he uh, he directed most of it, Tom? Yeah, because Aquino, who's known as a drunk, uh, was drunk most of the time. So Richard Harrison had to take over so that the film could continue to be completed. Oh, Harrison directed it. Do you, do yeah, you believe Harrison that, Tom? Did. Yeah, I believe that. Okay. It's like uh, you know the, the, the story that Kurt Russell took over Tombstone. When they fired the director, they had no director hired to take the guy's place. So to keep the film rolling, uh, Kurt took over. Oh, I see. So it, it, it happens on films where, uh, you know, uh, they don't want to stop production. So someone in the crew or uh, an actor will take over for a few days right. to keep the thing going. So the director can uh, sleep off the the sleep off the drunkenness, Tom. Yeah, really. Or so Fernando plays a good guy in, an, in another film, which is odd because he's usually the bad guy. Uh, Ralph Baldessari uh, plays the villain. Oh, he plays Sabata. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you didn't like the bad makeup, Tom? Uh, no, uh, it's <laughs> you can see fake mustaches and glistening. Yeah, they're falling off. Yeah, whatever they use for the glue, that you know, it's, it glistens. It's just terrible. Yes, the score is okay, and um, the film shows up as what? Well, two things. The, the poster that you showed was actually a video cover, as we said. Right. And that basically was a poster from Lawman starring uh, Burt Lancaster, and it's used multiple times in different uh, posters and uh, DVD and video covers. All they do is change the head on Burt Lancaster and put Gemma's face on there or something else. Well, isn't it, Lawman the one where um, at the end uh, Burt just massacres everybody? Yeah, what he tries to leave town and they confront him. He won't he, let me leave town. <laughs> yeah, Lee J. Cobb and everybody else. Oh yeah, he just, shoots Lee J. Cobb, right? Yeah, and well, he shoots no. his. He kills his sons. Right, and, Lee and then J. he gets Cobb on my horse and I leave. Takes a shotgun and blows his head off. Right. Uh, and Thank you, Tom, Burt for letting me do a, a Burt Lancaster impression. <laughs> there you go. But anyways, the, the real poster for the film shows up in 800 Bullets, which was uh, 800 Ballas, a 2002 Spanish homage-type Western. And it's filmed in, in um, Texas Hollywood. And there's a little museum that they have hidden in the back. And the, on the wall, you can see a poster for uh, this film, Dig Your Grave. Oh, okay. coming. Well, let's move on to the next one, Tom. It's his name was King. We, I think, we talked about this a week or two ago, or yeah, for some reason, I don't know why we, we did, but we discussed we've discussed this film at length many times, especially during the the I Kinski episode. I think we discussed episode. it with the uh, the favorite scores. Oh, that's right, the episode the on the unaired episode that aired once. <laughs> the, the missing episode, yeah. Right, the missing episode, just like the missing spaghetti westerns, Tom. That's it. So this is uh, the last bullet. And uh, 1971, directed by Giancarlo Romatelli, uh, stars Richard Harrison, Klaus Kinski, and Puskin, Luciano Pigozzi, uh, Gioffredo Unger, Federico uh, Boido, 
and of course Lorenzo Finici and Lucio Zerani. And um, this is the one where I think I, Richard, that uh, Klaus Kinski plays the Fae librarian, Tom? He, well, he plays the sheriff, but... Oh, okay, uh, yeah. sorry, my bad. But he still yeah. has that voice like a Fae librarian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get that same guy to do his voice. I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. But anyway, gun smuggling uh, Benson Brothers, uh, Freddie Unger, Rick Boyd, are take, uh, Fred and Rick Boyd are taking their guns across the Mexican border. They kill John King Marley, Harrison's newly wedded brother, and rape his wife, Carol. King is determined to stop their legal activities, uh, find who's behind them, and gain revenge for his family. He leaves his sister-in-law and the protection of his best friend, Sheriff Brian Foster. I love when they give Klaus an American name yeah. and s- sets off in pursuit of the outlaws. Now, any, yeah. now even though Harrison is the lead, uh, who steals this film, Tom? Oh, Klaus, of course. I mean... Who is the last person on earth you would leave a, your girlfriend, your wife, your sister-in-law with would be Klaus, but uh, Richard, you know. Right. Well, we've thinks discussed he, thinks this. he's his best friend, yeah. Well, we've discussed this before where uh, everybody in town knows that Klaus is the, is the murderer and the rapist. Except, or at least suspect him, yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, after the first Benson brother is killed, uh, Tom, uh, you kind of think the film slows down a bit. Yeah, it's more of a chase film after that because he's only got one more brother to find and they still got like forty an hour and 45 minutes to go. So it sort of drags. Right. But the song, That Man, does turn up uh, in Django Unchained, Tom. Right. Quentin Tarantino used it in Django Unchained. He uses a lot of old spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not only, yeah, a lot of the, the soundtracks and stuff like that. So, Right. So our next spaghetti western is uh, Holy Water Joe, Aquasanta Joe, 1971 Italian film directed by Mario uh, Gariazzo. And uh, it stars Lincoln Tate, our good friend, Ty Harden, of course, uh, Richard Harrison's third build, Silvia Monelli, and Pietro uh, Cicerelli. And the story is a bounty hunter played by a bounty hunter named Joe, obviously. Uh, played by Lincoln Tate, puts his savings into a bank. Oh, that, yeah, that's the one with the lame opening where the two guys, hey, look at this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, that guy's, guy's putting a couple hundred bucks into a bank. Let's go rob him. Mm-hmm. I remember, Tom, this is really low-budget look. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very well-made film. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ty Harden robs the bank with his gang, sets out to get his money, but the rivalry within the gang especially double-crossing Charlie Bennett, played by Harrison, makes things complicated. And the Union Army is also interested in, in, in arresting the gang. Yeah, very disappointing. I mean, you've got Ty Harden, you've got Richard Harrison, and you've got Lincoln Tate. You think with those three, and they were all Spaghetti Western uh, stars, that this would be a pretty decent movie. But it's one of those where one guy steals the money from the other guy, so then they go after him, and then they double-crossed, and it, it just goes back and forth for, you know, the entire length of the film. Very right. monotonous. Yep. And, you know, what's interesting about 1971, Tom, uh, I think he made one, two, three, four, five, he made about five or six Spaghetti Westerns, so he, he was pretty busy. Yeah, 71, 72 are the peak. For him, at least. Mm-hmm. So after Holy Water Joe... 
It only makes sense that he's in another Joe movie, Tom, Joe Dakota. And uh, this one's also known as Shoot Joe and Shoot Again, Spada Joe Ecosicia. And it's another 71 uh, Spanish-Italian production directed by Emilio Miriglia. And Richard Harrison's in it, Antonio Cantafora, uh, Franca Pocello, Jose Medina, and Gaspar Gonzalez, or Indio Gonzalez. Uh, we know the story. Ted, played by uh, Cantafora, and his gang pull off a robbery, and Ted hides the loot. Meanwhile, a wounded and dying man hands a map over uh, of buried money to Joe Dakota, a poor hunter who had rescued him. Ted's henchmen find and Joe and torture him and try to make him reveal what he knows. Uh, sounds a little bit like the good, the bad, and the ugly, Tom. <laughs> yeah, in a way. But not quite. Uh, yeah, exactly. The burns inflicted on him make him go blind. Uh, so that they would have called it Blind Joe, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, Blind Man. Mm. Right, here we go. But where are my women, Tom? <laughs> uh, the band take advantage of Joe's weaknesses for Rosie. Franca Pocello, the madam of the saloon, he promises to leave them to the money. Uh, when the gang uh, take Rosie uh, and Joe out to their hideout, he is beaten by the robbers who then take the map. And uh, since he regained the use of one of his eyes, he exterminates one of the bandits. But during the fight, Rosie takes advantage of their distraction to flee with the money. That's just like Rosie to do that, right, Tom? Of course. Fickle. Right. Uh, recklessly, she tries to cross a swollen river and is swept away. Bye-bye. So Joe, who tries to help Rosie, is left standing alone with nothing. No money, no Rosie, Tom. Nope, nope. He plays a real weakling in this one, just like, you know, a guy's, guy trying to exist. And uh, to, to me, it's getting one of those things where double crosses and he's got the money, she's got the money, whatever. Just a pretty a poor film. It is pretty bad. It's, it's really low budget. It's very it's mediocre. Better. No suspense, Tom. Really bad floppy hat. He doesn't look like a hero at all. He looks all. like a hillbilly, Tom. Hillbilly. There you go. And there's a lot of riding across the desert, Tom. Yeah, fill in time. Mm -hmm. Right. So, anyway, well, there the sheriff of Rome... Yes, Tom. There used to be, or still are, uh, sand quarries outside of Rome. And when they needed pickup scenes or they wanted to film uh, something that looked like the desert of Arizona, they would go out to these quarries and ride around in there and uh, try and fake it you know no trees or anything just sand piled up and roads leading to the bottom that they would ride their horses around in everybody took advantage of that right so moving on uh from dakota joe he he was the sheriff of rock springs tom and uh yeah another very bad very bad film unfortunately directed by mario sabatini and uh, it's got that great song, Tom, La Cazone del Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best the thing about the, the film. The Coyote, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's got your good friend Donald O'Brien in it, uh, Marina Menci, or Menci, Lorena Limonet, uh, Limonet, Limocelli. Limocelli, yeah. Yeah. Celso Faria, Gianna Manera, and Mauro Manatrizio. Anyway, we all know the story. If I show the poster... Uh, in the village of Rock Springs, where else the election of the little sheriff is taking place as opposed to the big sheriff, <laughs> whereby a child is chosen to assist the local sheriff for a week. Is this, this is not, uh, is this trying to compare with God's gun, Tom? 
Uh, this is yeah. And this is a. Is this a worse or better than God's Gun? No, it's worse. It's it's a kids movie. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So when a young girl is kidnapped by Julie by an escaped outlaw named Bert, played by Donald O'Brien, the real sheriff Harrison sets off with the pursuing rangers to rescue her, and the children organize their own search party for, for to free their friend. Of course, the children uh, show up. The adults and the girl is rescued, and the outlaw is brought to justice. Tom, you know I have almost 700 Spaghetti Westerns. I think I have not watched this once. No, you could live without it. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's a, all, Both of these guys, O'Brien and Harrison, just play secondary roles. They're in it for a few minutes, and then the posse takes off, and they switch to the kids. So they're in it probably 20% of the time. The kids are in it 80% of the so time. So they just took the money to appear for a second? Yep, yep. Wow. Anyway, so that's one of folks, the, the sheriff of Rock Spring, you got to avoid that one. So uh, the next one, Tom, I'm fascinated with uh, is a film that was not made, but they were going to make it. Or was it made and not released, Tom? I have no idea. Oh, that's what even the, more. I think it was made and not released. I think it was shelved from Could my be. research. But anyway, it was called The Giant's Nail, The Legend of Phantom City. Uh, also known as Omar Ri. Go figure that one out. Uh, director was Amasi Damiani. Is that Damiano's brother, Tom? Could be. Yeah. We're probably all related, yep. 1971 Italian production. It was with Richard Harrison, Joyce Ann Gilbert, Lucai uh, Bombers, and Lorenzo Piani. Well, the, the, the thing, since we found a plot line to it, I think that it probably was film, Tom. And it was that just, see, it's, it's fascinating there's two types of spaghetti westerns that were that you've never seen. The ones that were uh, concepted and written and casted but never shot, mm -hmm. or the ones that were shot, filmed in the can, edited, and then just uh, shelved. Couldn't find a distributor. Right. right. So this one is about a, a a company of Shakespearean actors. Whoops, not that one. Here we go. And uh, with their chariot, in their chariot, arrive yeah. in an abandoned town because all the inhabitants have gone to look for gold. There is only one saloon with uh, four women and the <laughs> owner who light up when they see people coming. So kind of like the beginning of Django, Tom. Yep. Since they're not working at all, uh, since they're not working, a relationship is established between the Shakespearean actors. I can see why this was shelved just by reading the plot line. Mm-hmm. And the four or five unfortunates looks like it was shot with, you know, maybe in, in a week with 10 people and everybody's Shakespearean. Yeah, these kind of films never make it, Tom. They want to put on a, a, a performance of Othello, but it, doesn't, but it doesn't come to an end because when Othello tries to strangle Desdemona, everyone gets uh, angry like a wild beast and goes after to beat Othello. Yeah, if I'm, the, if I'm the producer and the distributor, I'm shoving this too, Tom. They, they probably, because there's a lot of, not I say a lot, but a few spaghetti westerns that are based on Shakespeare characters and plays. But they thought, probably thought this would be a good uh, way to get something. And it's already been proven before we can get distribution on it. But as you said, read the plot and no one would want to release this thing. Not even me, Tom. <laughs> so, but anyway, let's move on to uh, Richard Harrison's Epic, his masterpiece of his ovoir of work. He considers this his masterpiece. So does uh, John Delaney. 
Um, it's okay. So that's, that's what I'll say. It's okay. Uh, Jesse and Lester, two brothers in Trinity. Uh, I guess you can say this is Richard Harrison's Citizen Kane, Tom. Yeah, it's a, it's a buddy movie. And for a, for a comedy western, it works just because of the two lead actors. They don't try and ham it up slapstick or anything. But, yeah, it's, it's not the best. Uh, I usually say I, I just I, I just question why the overhype. Um, yeah. But some people think it's really, you know, a brilliant film. It's okay. It's just okay. But anyway, that's my take on it. Maybe our fan base think it is up there with, you know, Magnificent Ambersons. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the story goes, oh, it's directed, of course, by Richard Harrison. If he loved it so much, why did he use a, a different name, Tom? I think there was another director, and Richard didn't like the way it was going and fired him, and then put his own... He started directing it himself, but he used the alias of James London. Right. So the heirs of the land in a town called Trinity, which should not be used, obviously, because you're confusing yep. it with the, with the real good Trinity movies. The two stepbrothers, Jesse and Lester, start off together, take possession of their claim. During the trip, they already have different attitudes. Jess, Jesse quickly uses his gun and kills four abandons who try to rob them. And then Lester, a Mormon preacher of moderation and nonviolence, scolds Lester harshly. With the proceeds from the sale of the land, Lester would like to build a church. Oh, my God, another church, Tom. Mm -hmm. Jesse wants to build a house of pleasure. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> funny. Uh, nevertheless, the two, along with a friendly lawyer, reach Trinity, but are welcomed by bandits who put them to a fight. The attempt to establish a mine oh, put them to flight. The attempt to establish a mine in the area where gold has been discovered proves to be slow and difficult, and this leads to Jesse splitting with Lester. After various adventures and misadventures, Jesse is able to, uh, to open, along with Elena, a prostitute, and with other friends, his house of pleasure. Business is booming until Lester arrives, who Jesse had left in the care of a physician, and Jesse's arrival causes a riot and, of course, a fire. Again, mm -hmm. the brothers must deal with a band of bullies who attempt to kill Lester, to heal one with the gratitude of the other, the two brothers eventually find and build Lester's church. Uh, Donald O'Brien's in this, Luigi uh, Martirano, Aldo uh, Ciccone, and Anna Zimmerman. Um, Tom, uh, as you said, people love or hate this film. What's, what's your take? You're in the middle? I usually say no comment. I don't know. <laughs> My mother said, if you can't say something nice about something, don't say anything at all. So Right, right. Uh, knowing, anyway, it's, knowing, it's, knowing it's Harrison's favorite film, I don't want to... Well, when we interview him, we'll say it's our favorite, too. Yep. But anyway, the rumor has that Renzo Genta directed this, Tom. Yep. As Let's you see. said, but he fired him. I don't know. Harrison fired oh, him. Who are you going to believe, right? Days. Everybody except Harrison is dead. Well, Harrison's name's on the, on the credits, so... My, right, and he, he probably you know, executive produced it, too. Yep. So it is his film. It's his baby. So anyway, the brothers squabble, fight, cheat, steal throughout the film and, and come together for a feel-good moment, Tom. Mm-hmm. So uh, watch it at your own risk. But anyway, we go from Jesse and Lester, uh, two brothers in Trinity, to the fabulous Trinity, which is Richard Harris goes to West Hollywood. The fabulous Trinity. Uh, no, that's not what happens, folks. Anyway, um... Oh, wait, did I skip something, Tom? I did. Yeah, that's the long ride Hold on. of revenge. There we go. 
the fabulous trinity uh fernando sancho richard harrison isn't it of course um it, it's a it's almost like a a, a chicho movie tom uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a comedy, but it's pretty bad. Franco and Ciccio? Uh, <laughs> I, I'd put it in the same class, yeah. God, or the yellow, the red, and the black? Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, uh, Richard Harrison, Fernando Sancho, Chris Huerta, Ricardo Palacios, Tito Garcia, Gustavo Rey, and Fanny Gray as Nora. 72 co-production. I like the other title, With Friends, Nothing is Easy, Tom. That's it. Right. In the western town, a western town, Miss uh, Nora v uh, Vargas, a beautiful bootlegger, meets Harrison, a bounty hunter that goes to Mexico tracking down outlaws. While in Mexico, three gun smugglers, the Wesley brothers, Huerta, Palicios, and Garcia, are arrested by the military for supplying weapons to General Zapata. They are put to hard labor in a prison camp. How is, how is all this funny, Tom? I don't see the comedy in that. Do they do a it's, song and dance, or I don't, uh, I don't get it's, it? It's full of burps, belches, and farts. I mean, that's the... This that's is the another comedy. one I have, but I've never watched, Tom. I, don't, yeah. I tend not to watch the bad films of our Spaghetti Western stars. That's just me. I, well, life is so precious, Tom. I just don't want to waste two hours on it. When the construction gets so bad you can't stand anymore, put this on, you'll go to sleep. <laughs> Tom's talking about the construction they're doing across from my apartment. Anyway, so the three smugglers, the guerrilla leaders realize the trap, and now the three smugglers uh, are on to the fake seduction by, by the niece, uh, by Nora, and uh, the fugitives are pursued by Mexican revolutionaries and by Scott, and because the law has put a price on their heads. Miss Vargas hopes to put her three uncles to work smuggling guns again. Oh, I, I can just see what a riot this is. Mm -hmm. But their weapons are stolen, and Scott comes to the rescue, capturing the thieves and riding off into the sunset. Wow, Tom. Uh, so, yeah, like Franco Ciccio with a star in it, you know, to draw the attention. Dean Reed, George oh, yeah, Hilton, exactly. they made these kind yep. of films, Tom. Yep, they use, they use uh, Richard Harrison as the guy that comes to their rescue. So, again, he's in and out of the film because he's not the main actor in it. They just use his name as a star. Right, so uh, please avoid the fabulous Trinity. Well, not only that, they made another one after this called The Fat Brothers in Trinity. And Harrison didn't fall for that one the second time. They used Daniel Martin as the lead. Kind of how Robert Woods didn't come back for uh, another uh, McGregor movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so rounding off the last Spaghetti Western that uh, Richard Harrison made is actually not bad. It's better than the ones that we've watched before. The Long uh, Calvacade, uh, Vengeance, Deadly Trackers, Django's Bloody Trail, and The Long Ride of Revenge. It's a 1972 Italian film directed by Camilo Boccia. And uh, Richard Harrison plays James, Jeff, Carter, and Django. He plays four <laughs> people, Tom. And Anita Ekberg, well, while she was still good-looking, is in this. And uh, Rick Battaglia, Dada Galiti, and, of course, oh, George Wang, Tom. Every film yep. George is in is always fun. Yep. And Omero uh, Gargano, and of course Furio Menacani. And this, it looks like Richard Gere there, Tom. Yeah, a that, young that, woman, that. Deborah Carter, forced to sell the family farm by the railroad, is then robbed. 
raped and murdered by bandits. What else do bandits do but rob, rape, and murder, Tom? Mm-hmm. Led by a Mexican named Montana, played by Rick Bagtaglia, returning from the War of Secession, the victim's brother Jeff, played by Richard Harrison, decides to avenge her, killing three of Montana's henchmen. He succeeds, seizing a woman to attract a Mexican into a final trap. It turns out that Jerome Gargano, the unfaithful servant of Deborah, is the culprit who had joined with Montana to bring about the tragedy. With his killing and the recovery of the gold stolen from his sister, Jeff concludes his revenge. Unfortunately, Anita Eckbert has very little screen time, unfortunately, Tom. Yep, she's a saloon madam. and uh, I mean, times were tough for the great Anita Eckberg. Yeah, she was past her prime in this, but the, the name was still a draw, so they gave her a small line and small role in this film. Right. Harrison's okay. Uh, non-violent pacifist is, is okay. Uh, some footage was later used in the, in the classic Seven Devils on Horseback, Tom. Yep, another uh, cheap movie that they right. stole from. I don't know if this was before Harrison was in these terrible comedy westerns. There, like I said, this was in that era where uh, 70, 71, 72, they were all, he was at his peak. But this one, he actually plays a straight character, uh, not a comedy role. Okay. Well, that concludes our look at the spaghetti westerns of Richard Harrison. And where would we be, ladies and gentlemen? Without the, 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 the segment that Tom put on the map, that Tom has been doing for decades and will continue to do for more decades, what's going on in the world of Blu-rays, birthdays, deaths, and productions, it is Tom Betts' Weekly News. Well, we have a little of everything this week. Uh, there's a new Italian 4K Blu-ray DVD release of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, as we know, is directed by Leone, starring Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, Eli Wallach. This is on the Eagle Pictures label. It contains three discs, the 4K Ultra, HD Blu-ray, and a regular DVD. It's numbered with postcard. Uh, it's in Italian and English with Italian subtitles. The running time... 175 minutes, and it was released on November 17th. Uh, there's also a new German Blu-ray DVD called Fis Oder Sturb, also known as Alive or Preferably Dead, which was released in the United States under the title Sundance Casti and Butch the Kid. It was directed by Ducio Tassari and stars Giuliana Gemma and Nino Benvenuti. This has been released on the Explosive Media label. It's in Region B in German and English with German subtitles, running time 103 minutes. Extras include trailers, a gallery, and a short German theatrical version. This is released on November 25th. And there's a new German CD LP release of Winnetou and his friend, Winnetou and his friend Firehand. Um, the composer is Peter Thomas and is released on the All Score Media label and contains 46 various tracks, including tracks from other Peter Thomas scores. It was released on CD and two LPs on November 26th. So there's the covers of the two DVDs and the CD. Are you um, are you going to get that, Tom, or do you have it enough? No, okay. no I don't. I'm not going to get. I don't get a 46 copy. Maybe there's three tracks of Winnetou on there. Okay. Um, as far as uh, deaths, uh, 
Marie Versini passed away. Now, who's Marie Versini? She died November 22nd in Guingamp, whatever that is, Cotes de Armor, France. She was 81. Uh, Marie Claude Versini was born on August 10th, 1940, in Paris. She was very talented, gifted, and worked very hard, and it paid off since she became the youngest ever member of the famous Comedy Francais in 1957. She got a chance at the tender age of 16 to make her first film, which was called Mitsu in 1956, her second film, A Tale of Two Cities, where she had a big part uh, opposite Dick, Dick Bogart. In other films, she starred with the likes of J.P. Belmondo, uh, Paul Newman, Louis Armstrong, Elaine Delon, Lex Barker, Jean-Louis Trintignant, and Pierre Brees. The mega-successful Winnetou series made her a star. She was fluent in English, French, German, and Italian. This also enabled her to play in various European films with great success. In 1974, she married director Pierre Villalet, who died in 2013 and played mainly in his films. Rossini appeared as Nisho Tishi, Winnetou's sister, in 1963's Apache Gold, uh, where she actually died. That they such a clamor by the Germans that they brought her back in a sequel. Thunder at the Border. She had cameo appearances as an elderly woman in the 2016 German TV film, Winnetou to Let's Camp. Uh, another R.I. Rest in Peace is for Volker Lechtenbrink, a German actor, singer, 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 general manager and director. Volker had died in Hamburg on November 22nd at the age of 77 as a result of a serious illness. He first appeared on stage in the Hamburg Schauspiel Schauspieler House at the age of 10. He became famous in 1959 at the age of 14 with the role, role of schoolboy Klaus Hager in Bernhard Wicke's famous anti-war film, Die Brücke. In addition to his work at the theater and as a musician, the all-rounder with a smoky, memorable voice and the almost insatiable longing for life was regularly in front of the camera for television films and series. For example, Derek in Einfalls für Zwei. Volker Volker appeared as Diner Jurgen in the German Euro-Western TV miniseries by The Way of the Stars in 92. I um, also want to mention that the British Laredo film set in Falcom, Kent, was severely damaged in a fire last weekend. Uh, eight buildings were totally destroyed in the fire, and there's a um, GoFundMe page been established if you want to donate for repairs, but there is basically used for commercials and amateur groups, Jay, to do plays and stuff like that, but it has been used in a couple of uh, British Westerns. And as I mentioned also, uh, Michael House's book has been released, so look for it on Amazon this coming week. And that does it for the weekly news. And that is the weekly news for this week. Thank you, Tom. Much appreciated uh, for that. And uh, that basically uh, brings to an end this... Uh, edition of the Spaghetti Westerns podcast, where we want to thank you all for uh, joining us every week. So, Tom, anything else you want to say to our fans? That's it for today. See you <laughs> next week. See you next week. So for the great Tom Betts, who always says, Adios, amigos. Adios, amigos. And I always say, Adios, compañeros. Join us next time on the Spaghetti Westerns Podcast. Adios, compañeros!